Hello and welcome to episode 173 of the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host, Bob Fallon. I'm your co-host, Joel Fallon. And on this episode, we're going to take a look at Captain America Civil War, one of the biggest movies of the year, as well as our top five Scarlett Johansson movies. Yeah. So, Captain America Civil War, I mean... That's a big one. That was the movie yeah. that won me, was me, right? <laughs> the uh, yeah. summer box office draft. How soon we forget. I yeah. forgot a little bit. <laughs> I think it's uh, like 1.2 something billion. Not too shabby. Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, but before we get into it, I did want to check up on the fall box office draft, which we just had the draft in our last episode with Edgar Chaput. And uh, thought that went pretty well, but the first release of the of the draft, Sully came out last weekend, and Edgar made a great pick there because it's one of yeah. Tom Hanks' biggest openings. I think it was like the third highest ever September opening, something like that. Great reviews, pretty yeah. much all around. I mean, yeah, at least better reviews than I expected. I think it's eighty-two percent. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so. Made thirty five and a half million opening weekend, and it cost I think it cost like fifty or sixty million, but it's definitely gonna be, make a profit as far yeah. as Oscars go. It seems like Hanks, like it's so early, it's impossible to tell. But it's they love Tom Hanks. Yeah, so. it's definitely not out of the running there. I think it'll probably have a couple nominations. They love Clint Eastwood That's, too. Yeah, they love Clint Eastwood. So it's kind of a perfect storm in that Just sense. look at American Sniper. I mean, that movie had like nine or ten nominations. And it's insane. Wow. If you look back, that was the highest domestic grossing movie of 2014. Wow. That's kind of... Yeah. I guess I do remember that, but... It came out the at movie the very didn't have a lot of hype coming out. It was after it came out. Yeah. Were like... It had, like, a limited release at the very end of December of 2014, and it made all of its money in, like, January and February. That's, so yeah, it's, that's like, came out of nowhere at the tail end. It was, uh, it was a closer. I remember that was, like, one of the first of the newer movies that I saw that year, so I kind of liked it. But now, like, looking back, it was there. Yeah, it wasn't terrible, but, yeah, we reviewed it. Go back and listen to it. It's a good watch. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was a pretty good review we had. But yeah, so Sully, Kicking Butt, Blair Witch opens this weekend. Started out with great reviews, but it's down to 43% on Rotten Tomatoes. So. Does Snowden open this weekend? Yes, actually. I f- that's a good thing you mentioned. That's uh, like a 57% right now. Uh, yeah, that really weird too, reviews so. coming in for that. I've seen nines. It's all over the place, for sure. It's. I mean, I kind of expected... So, so my angle in this movie was Oliver Stone's polarizing enough that it might make money it's definitely a well-known topic people either love or hate him and then the person it's about is pretty polarizing as well so yeah exactly so like i've heard people say it's oliver stern's best in a decade and i've heard it's a piece of crap so i don't know yeah we'll have to see about that and then uh magnificent seven comes out next weekend so we'll all be on the board in a couple of weeks here, so excited to kick that off. Yeah. And, all right, so yeah, that's pretty much it. Let's get into Captain America Civil War, the 
third movie in the Captain America trilogy, but really, it's an Avengers movie. Yeah. Almost everybody is in here. Um, the only ones not are the Incredible Hulk and Thor, which we'll find out what they've been up to in Thor Ragnarok next year. Which looks surprisingly good. Yeah. For some, like, I didn't really like either of the Thor movies so far, but that one actually has me very interested. Yeah. You got the director from What We Do in the Shadows, and, uh, yeah, looks pretty good. But Captain America Civil War had a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes and follows the story of a team divided after something goes wrong on a mission, a bunch of innocent people die. Uh, government steps in, says enough is enough. You know, you got to be held more accountable. We need to control you. Uh, half the team agrees with this. Half the team says it's unconstitutional. We are the heroes. You know, without us, what would you be? Blah, 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 blah. They're against it. And they eventually square off to see which side comes on, uh, on top. Based, yeah. based off the comic book series, which I read and enjoyed greatly. But it's definitely different, but based off of that. And my expectations going in were through the roof. How about you? Um, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not super into the Marvel movies, but I heard great things about this movie, so I was excited to watch it. Yeah, definitely. And See Spider-Man and all that. Oh, yeah. As I'm, I mean, I'm literally thinking about getting a Spider-Man tattoo in the next year or so, so yeah, I was... Super psyched to see if Marvel could finally do Spider-Man Pitch Perfect, even though I've enjoyed all the Spider-Man movies to a certain extent so far. Um, People uh, are pretty quick to forget that Spider-Man's pretty much what kicked this whole thing yeah, off. Yeah. Tobey Maguire, he's a dopey Peter Parker, but those movies are great, and uh, they got a lot right in them. I mean... Spider-Man yeah. 2 might be one of the best comic book movies ever made, so definitely can't forget that. But as far as this universe, I thought, I guess we'll get into it a little bit more, but I thought they nailed it for the tone that they were going for here. Yeah. But as a whole, I thought the movie was pretty great, actually. Uh, I definitely wasn't disappointed. Yeah, this it was a good movie. Um. I thought it was weird. It, in a weird way, not that it wasn't hyped, but compared to the, like the other Avengers movies, this kind of like flew in. Like, I feel like people were ready to be like, okay, this isn't going to be. I don't know. Maybe they were excited for it, but maybe Avengers two kind of dampened people slightly. And I think it's yeah probably yeah. the best Marvel movie though. Yeah, um, it's close for me. In, um, in terms of with everybody, like I definitely personally like Guardians of the Galaxy and like maybe Iron Man Two better. Iron Man Two is my least favorite. Uh, maybe maybe it's not. I kind of get them all mixed up. <laughs> yeah, point. that's maybe right. it's the first Iron Man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's definitely in my top three uh, with Guardians of the Galaxy and probably the first Avengers. Um, yeah, I thought it was great. Definitely, like it's incredible how. Good they've gotten it. Really, this many characters, this whole team, and really giving everybody their fair shake without giving anyone too much screen time, but then also 
not too little either. Like, they're really good at juggling all this stuff now. Yeah, and that's the main thing that I loved about this movie compared to, you know, I didn't, I wasn't a huge fan of either Avengers movie. Um, I thought they did manage the characters way better, and I liked the people that they added. Uh, Black Panther's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, like, alright, the movie opens. I, I like how they kind of, it starts small, then, like, as the movie's going on, you're adding things, but at the same time, not losing focus on what was before. Like, it was really well constructed. Like, it starts off with Captain America, Black Widow, uh, Scarlet Witch, like, a group of four or five Avengers, like, in, um, I can't remember the country, but it's definitely, like, um, Northern Africa or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And they're chasing down Bone Crusher or whatever the hell his name is, and something goes wrong where he's about to blow himself up, and Scarlet Witch traps him and lifts him up, and can't get him up fast enough. He explodes and kills a bunch of people, innocent people, up in a building. And uh, yeah, what did you think of that whole opening action sequence and and how that went down? Um, I don't know, uh, I was a little bit lost coming into the movie. Yeah. I sort of did, like I said, uh, we were talking before the podcast, I didn't watch Captain America 2. Which Although I don't so think true. the beginning pertains too much to that, does it? Because I'm uh, a little bit A tiny away. bit, like that villain was in Winter Soldier, but it wasn't like a huge thing. The um, stuff you probably missed the most was just the relationship between Cap and... Bucky slash Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah, and I like not understanding if he was like a bad guy per se or yeah, blah blah blah. First um, of all, real quick, spoilers for this whole movie because if you haven't seen it, that's crazy. I mean, it's made so much money in theaters and now it's out on Blu-ray DVD, so you have no excuses. We're going full yeah. on spoil. It's not like there's a ton of stuff to spoil anyway, but so. Like, what I'm following on is that event only is what causes the whole initiative, like, registering and. Well, I think all it that. was, like, the cherry on top of, like, okay, all yeah, this yeah, shit well, happened when you saved the world. Like, yes, you saved the world, but all this damage happened, all this stuff happened when the Chitari came down with Loki, and then look at all this stuff from when um, Ultron, like, took a piece of the Earth and floated into the sky, and. Like, yeah, this yeah. is just like, one is enough is enough, you're causing all this unnecessary damage and death. See, I think that, I, I was slightly confused about this, because I was like, thinking about all that, and I guess they do uh, kind of catch you up a little bit more, a little bit later, but, like, uh, I was just thinking, with all the shit this these people have done, yeah. this is what like, this is makes it. you, like, go over the top. <laughs> and I, I completely agree, like, in the comic book, now, it didn't have to be as extreme as it was in the comic book to start the superhero registration thing. Like, in a comic, it's this new team that they just put themselves together so they're, like, young, inexperienced, and they're messing around, like, outside of college or something, and they, like, blow up the entire college campus. So, like, that might be a little extreme for a Marvel movie, but this yeah, just seemed yeah. a little too small-scale to really... But I guess, I mean, they kind of explain it away later on with the whole cherry on top. But I agree that, like, it could have been something bigger. Like, it could have blown up the whole square block or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. 
See, now like, I understand why they didn't go that route, but at the same time, that would have made me yeah, that makes understand an a lot better. Then, like, oh, okay. Yeah, for sure, we're on Captain America's side. I don't, there's no one watching this movie is on Iron Man's side, as much as they want to say, which side are you on? Like, It's pretty clear you're going to be on Captain America's side. But if like something legit serious like that had happened, then maybe you're like questioning it a little bit more. Yeah, I think that's the only factor that may make this a Captain America movie. Yeah, yep. Is that you're not really intended to side with the other side, even if you like the characters better. Yeah, because it could whatever. have been called Avengers Civil War if they really wanted to split it in the middle. Like, I mean, it's called Captain America Civil War. Yeah. And so yeah, I did. Lo- but it's that said, I still liked how where where it got to eventually. Like, um, if you get past like, was this really enough? I think like it is realistic the stances that everyone took for the most part, and I thought it was pretty realistic how it played out as far as sides and all that. Like, I love the dynamic between Captain America and Iron Man, and how everything you learn about. How the Winter Soldier killed his parents and just like, he's my friend. I thought I was your friend. You know, like all that kind of stuff was pretty cool. Yeah. Because you've had the Avengers movies and all that to like see them work together and be a team and become friends. So it's almost like. You you definitely understand their struggle in in that sense a bit more. You understand their relationship and stuff they've gone through. Yeah, and then there's the whole government angle where they need their hands on everything, need to be in control of everything. I think there's definitely a little bit of uh, something there, they, you know, talking more broadly. Oh, yeah, for sure. Just but, about uh, control, really. Yeah, oh, yeah. It About questioning it or not questioning it and all that. Yeah, and I think loyalty is a big like theme of the movie because... Captain America, like, loyalty, loyal to his friend who was killing people and all this stuff, but what about this team that you've been on recently? Like, where's your loyalty, complete loyalty to that? Or I guess, in yeah. the end, he's still being loyal to his code or whatever, his, uh, his superhero roots. Uh, yeah, I definitely think this is, I usually hate the black and whiteness of these types of movies, good guys and bad guys and stuff. And that's what this movie I think does best is show how Captain America could be like the loyalty aspect is more dynamic than my side, your side. Like he's still being loyal. He really would. He thinks he's being even loyal to Iron Man, even though he's not literally siding with him. Exactly. And he thinks like, and he's actually like, before they end up actually fighting, they're trying to convince each other with words, and this just gets finally gets to a certain point where that's not possible anymore. And yeah. as far as superhero movies where your famous heroes fight each other, <laughs> Batman vs Superman, there's it's ridiculous why they're fighting here. It's I mean it's a little ridiculous, but it's definitely nowhere near. Yeah, you kind of understand though. Yeah. And oh. um, yeah, so. Winter Soldier brainwashed. Now he's being uh, black or framed for an, another for this for a bunch of other stuff. Actually, oh yeah, because at the UN, right, they're having a UN meeting to introduce yeah. this bill. And there's another explosion where 
Chitalis. Oh, God damn it. I'm usually good with his name. I can't do it. Black Panther's dad's. Uh, he gets killed, and that makes Black Panther become the king of Wakanda now. And they think that the Winter Soldier did it, but Steve knows that it wasn't him because he knows he's not brainwashed anymore. And that's really what kind of leads things down because he's defending the guy that's supposed to be the bad guy. Yeah. And yeah, so that's where we introduced to Black Panther and man, Chadwick Boseman. He's my boy. I love this guy. Yeah, he he killed it. <laughs> He was great as Jackie Robinson in 42, which was a mediocre movie, but he was great in it. He was really, really good as uh, Jackie Brown. Right, what? That's not his name. <laughs> what is it? Jackie Robinson? No. Well, that's what he yeah. was, Jackie Robinson in 42. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The singer. Uh, oh, um, James Brown. James Brown. <laughs> Jackie Brown is a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah, he was fantastic as James Brown in uh, Get On Up, which is a very underrated movie. And definitely awesome here. I'm super looking forward to the Black Panther standalone, which is being directed by Ryan Coogler from Creed. Michael B. Jordan is in it. Um, Like, every awesome black actor you can think of is in that movie, and I'm super excited for it. Yeah, I can't wait. But yeah, he's awesome here. And it's... What the hell is even his powers? He's just in this metal cat suit with claws, but yet somehow yeah. they made it cool. <laughs> yeah, he's he doesn't really have a power, I guess. <laughs> put it that way. Yeah, he's his, really athletic. <laughs> his adamantium suit kind of gives him the quickness of a cat, but, I mean, it works. Somehow it works. What a cool uh, design, though, for a oh, suit. Oh, yeah. That. The pitch black. Like, you could see how that would work awesome in a jungle, but they even made it work in, like... Uh, the concrete jungle. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I always like Black Panther's character. Like, I like, when I was reading comic books growing up, I liked the character because of the character design, the costume, just like all that stuff. And that's why I always liked Black Panther and definitely translated to the screen here. Awesome. So, yeah, and then as we, we bring in Ant-Man, as uh, he gets rolled right in from his, his uh, solo film to be the comedic relief here and Paul Rudd Which, is amazing I'm surprised as how well he actually fit in with yeah, the rest of Yeah, them. that's the thing like you would it's almost like you're I was worried like when the Guardians of the Galaxy finally do combine because when Thanos comes or whatever like how's that going to work but I'm I have faith now because Paul Rudd like is it out of a completely different kind of movie but yeah he fit in perfectly yeah, yeah he's cracking awesome. jokes, but still can hold his own when it comes down to it. Yeah, he still had a seriousness to him, even though he was like... Yeah, I just... Swear, I, I, th- I swear I thought that was a water shark. <laughs> yeah, I loved um, when he first meets Captain America. He's like going fanboying. And then, <laughs> what, who was it? Like, Scarlet Witch says something. He's like, oh yeah, I know who you are too. But Cap, oh my god, I'm so glad to meet you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then yeah. So I guess Captain America's team is him, Falcon, Scarlet Witch, Hawkeye, and Ant Man. And then Iron Man has Black Widow, War Machine, Black Panther, and the Vision. Which team yeah. is cooler? But does depend. Like, don't even worry about who's the right side. Like, which team is just the cooler characters? Oh, and Spider Man for Iron Man. Yeah, I think. Uh... 
Spidey probably puts the other side over the top. Yeah, you got Spider-Man and Black Panther on the same team. Yeah. You got my... uh, Yeah, he kind of lost the... (laughs) Plus, I mean, as good as uh, Captain America, everything's been... He's not my... He's like my Marvel Superman. I'm not that super interested in him. Yeah. Well, comic book-wise, I would agree with you, but... I've really no, liked... no. I do enjoy him in the movie. I just mean in general as a character. Yeah. Like outside of the movies, I guess. And then, but I mean, uh, who's Jeremy Renner's character? Hawkeye. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's interesting, but not really. Yeah, <laughs> I like how it seems like they even make fun of that a little bit in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. What do they? They make fun of him. I thought you were tired to go play golf and he said yeah but I, I couldn't miss yeah yeah yeah. there's a lot of little jokes like some of them hit some of them don't but I guess what the real action set piece that is the star of the show here is the airport terminal uh, scene yeah well actually before that I mean talk Spider-Man oh yeah that's a good point because I think that's definitely they, the... they did him to perfection in yes. this movie Highlight of the movie for me, for sure. They did just enough, like, origin, but they didn't, like, tie it down like the DC movies kind of been doing. And... Yeah. Yeah, they introduced, like, Tony Stark somehow knows about this guy, I guess, from YouTube videos. And he goes to his apartment with uh, young, hot Marissa Tomei, Aunt May. Yeah. I'd <laughs> love any movie she said. Aunt Marissa Tomei. Um, yeah. <laughs> Remember She's the, making jokes about how hot she is. Yeah. She remember the wrestler? She was the stripper. Yeah. Yeah. She looks good for like 50 years old, I guess. And, yeah. uh, yeah, so, yeah, I thought Tom Holland was amazing as the young Peter Parker. Yeah. Definitely amazing the best Peter, Peter Parker so far. And Spider-Man, in my opinion. But, yeah, great introduction to Spider-Man. Gets him on his team as the secret weapon. And yeah, like as the, you saw in the trailer for Civil War, after they kind of square off at the terminal, they say, all right, web them up or whatever the hell. <laughs> and uh, grabs the shield and it's on from there. And that entire fight sequence probably lasts like 10, 15 minutes. And it's awesome. Like everyone's yeah. using their powers Coolest creatively, perfectly. And- yeah. Any of the superhero movies, I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and it's just super cool to see these different... It's like, it's the perfect way that the comic books are brought to life. Because it's like seeing these characters use their powers in certain ways together. Like, it's like nerding out about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got Spider-Man webbing up Captain America or fighting Captain America. Like, he's saying, oh, you're from Queens? I'm from the Bronx or whatever. Like, just, even though they're fighting each other, they they all realize they're still all heroes. They're not trying to kill each other. And they're probably eventually going to work together again someday. So they're still yeah, the banter. It's and, really cool how impressive, actually, Spider-Man is. Like, he's pretty tough. Yeah, I think it even surprised himself that he could hang. Yeah, and it's cool that he, does, he fanboys out most of the time, too. But he's like, well, Mr. Stark told me yeah. I gotta do this or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so Spider-Man was awesome. I really can't wait. That's only next summer, Spider-Man Homecoming, which I'm glad it's really focusing on just like, 
to me like a coming of age uh, high school movie, which is another one of my favorite genres, mixed with uh, a freaking Spider-Man movie. So you yeah. got Michael and- Keaton as the Vulture. You got the Shocker in there and the Tinkerer or something. Sounds really cool. I thought it was really cool how they said in the movie, like, once he realized he had the powers, he's like, I really want to join the football team, but <laughs> it wasn't that fair or something. Yeah, exactly. I did this. Hopefully they don't make it like in uh, Amazing Spider-Man where he does a slam dunk from half court and shatters the backboard and yet still no, no one is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pretty crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I know I had this at the airport, airport fight. Ant-Man is another star of the show. Yeah. When he becomes Giant Man. And <laughs> it's just hilarious. He's clumsy, but still big enough to do damage. And that was really cool. Nice surprise. And I guess the last big thing that happened from that was that um, the Vision, who is an android and you know programmed to never miss and be perfect... Somehow misses Falcon when he's trying to shoot shoot at him, hits War Machine in the chest, and he his operations fail, and he falls to the ground. Like really heavy, you felt the weight to that fall. At least oh, I yeah. like that. I was like, he's dead. <laughs> but they chickened out, and he's just paralyzed, which is not even that bad because he's freaking he's War mech. Machine. Yeah, he's yeah. in the back anyway. I I really thought that someone should have died to really. Put the stakes even higher. Yeah, I heard uh, Jeremy Renner wanted them to kill him off, kind of. But That's interesting because <laughs> I feel like this is the only franchise that he's tried to be in that actually worked for him. Yeah, like, I don't know. Maybe he don't, I don't know if he wants out or if he that. just thought it was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I could have seen that. Like, someone should have. I guess it still had a little bit of an impact because that was a crazy image with Iron Man holding him in his arms and it's like damn. yeah and actually it kind of brings me in my two main complaints about the movie which first off although I understood they were all heroes so they all kind of like do like each other I didn't feel like there was enough weight to their their beef with each other like I was never worried in this movie really about someone dying yeah well outside of uh Steve and Tony at the end. Yeah, yeah, but... Everybody else, what, for sure. The, which gets to my second thing, was kind of after that fight, I I kind of lost a lot of my interest, kind of, in the movie. Hmm. Or not my interest, or I just sort of figured I knew how this was going to go after that. Yeah, that's fair. And we haven't even talked about the real villain of the movie this entire time. Yeah, and but I do got to say, it, it is a compliment that that is what my two biggest gripes are. Yeah. Because other than that, it's a, it's a fantastic ride of a movie. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you got Baron Zemo is the actual villain of this movie. And he's a guy who is pulling the strings and... I don't know. Like, I kind of like... I actually liked him a lot. I thought he was one of the better villains for a Marvel movie, which isn't saying much because they have a villain problem, but yeah, let this whole drama with the team take front and center while he's behind the scenes actually 
playing and shit. And it's actually a surprise when you realize, oh, he's not going to. I figure it was he was. It seemed like he was going to revive this old, these super soldiers. Yeah, but he was just trying to for himself. Yeah, 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 something like that. He's trying to kill them all. I don't know, but it's been a while since I've seen the movie. But I do remember feeling like he actually had like a a reason to be the way he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a bit foggy on it myself. Yeah, but I definitely remember the end when Black Panther like stops him from killing himself, and he's yeah. like, "Nah, you're going to jail. <laughs> like, you deserve. You don't deserve a, a fate as easy as that." Thought that was good, but yeah, the ending of the movie, the fight when it's just basically Winter Soldier, Iron Man, Captain America, and like when he finally finds out what which all right nitpick why is there the perfectly placed camera of this car crash and winter soldier killing his parents like what are the odds was it in russia i don't know wherever it was there was a camera like literally perfect position of them hitting the tree and then Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then immediately the Winter Soldier notices the camera right after that and destroys it or whatever. Like, that's ridiculous. But anyway, there's definitely, like, real meaning behind that fight at the end there. And you can understand why they are just... They are trying to kill each other. And there's there's a cool part where isn't, like, Captain America arrested, essentially, and then... Don't they get like freed or something by? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Iron Man or Iron Man does something where yeah, he, he kind of lets them yeah. get by. They're in the um, the helicarrier prison, like in the water. Like definitely crazy entrapment there. Yeah, and they get out of it. Yeah, I'm foggy on it, but definitely was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty much all I got. I mean, that was. Pretty good. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And that says a lot, especially, I'm not big on the ensembles, especially. Yeah. Or at least that big. But it, I think how they split them, it, it did the movie justice. Yeah, definitely agree. And the very, very end is um, Black Panther takes Winter Soldier and, like, they agree to... F- put him back on ice or whatever until they can figure out um you know like a real solution to his brainwashed problem or something like that yeah and, uh, i'm glad because i think winter soldier is one of the least interesting characters in the marvel movies so put him on ice maybe forever <laughs> i could see him coming back like well yeah. into the infinity or something and sacrificing himself for yeah, somebody or I something. I could see that. Or maybe a lot of the main characters are going to die in Infinity War and then you're going to need the B team to become the A team and maybe he comes out of it then. Definitely some possibilities. Yeah. And I'm interested yeah, that, to see how Doctor Strange kind of uh, gets thrown into this mix. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm definitely... Excited about Doctor Strange on a like a uh, individual movie level, but I'm a little nervous at how he's gonna fit in to everything. 
You know, I'm not at this point because this is what they do best. They like actually make a good movie that focuses solely on these offbeat characters. And we've seen with Ant-Man, they find a way to smoothly integrate them in. I mean, obviously that could always fail at some point, but I know he he works well in the comic books with the Avengers, so I have faith. I also hope that uh, maybe Spider-Man fixes their villain problem. Yeah, because he's got a lot of good rogues. A lot of good ones. And then you also, like, I would love to see, like, Venom and Carnage eventually. Especially, well, we've seen Venom, but... Yeah, don't rush it, though. <laughs> Definitely make sure, if you're going to do it, do it down the line and do it justice, because... Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I just mean, like, down the road, because... I could see in, like, five, six years, a Maximum Carnage movie would be pretty cool. Would be very cool. And Ven- I've always liked Venom. I've always liked the anti-hero yeah, definitely. kind of aspect to him. But Carnage is insanity, so... Yeah. Was it, uh... Cassidy something. I can't remember his last yeah. name. Let's see, he's like a serial killer or something, isn't he? I guess. Well, yeah, he's a ginger. What do you expect? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, soul. Yeah, serial killer that gets the symbiotic suit and is crazy powerful, crazy. He's like the Joker, basically, with yeah. a symbiote suit. <laughs> but I think he gets away with a little bit more because he's kind of alien-ish. I yeah. think it's different things showing a human killing. Right, exactly. He uses like the symbiote to stab people to death yeah. all the time. Man, I should reread that comic. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> Alright. Oh, Scar Jo. Oh, we didn't really talk about her much in this movie. She kind of played a role with... Um, it was like she was caught in the middle. She kind of betrayed uh, Iron Man's team at one point to help Captain America out. She definitely tried to play the middle the longest. Yeah, actually, I like her role was small, but I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, and same with Vision and Scarlet Witch and Falcon. Like all, like even the people we didn't really talk about. I thought they had enough to really give them a reason to be there. But Scarlett Johansson, let's get to her top five movies of her career that we've seen. And you were saying before the podcast that you're surprised how many of her movies you have seen. I'm surprised how many I haven't seen. Oh, haven't seen? Uh, yeah. Okay. I think I just don't generally like the movies that she's... Not that... I always like what she does in the movies that she's in, but <laughs> action's probably, like, at least the genre I'm most willing to be like, I'll, I'll eventually see that. Yeah. Um, Board night. Like, I don't know. Like, what else? We bought a zoo. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I got some good ones in here that hopefully, maybe if you haven't seen them, I can convince you to watch them. Don John's pretty good. Definitely don't watch it with your uh, mother-in-law, though. Jesus Christ, what a bad mistake that was (laughs) on New Year's Eve. And it was my choice. Oh, God, what a mistake. (laughs) But, yeah, one of our first reviews together was Lucy, that generic action movie. Yeah. Uh, Didn't enjoy that quite much, but uh, my number five was a Woody Allen film called Match Point, which is like a, it's a, it's like a thriller. It's almost Alfred Hitchcock-esque where this guy is cheating on his wife with a mistress played by Scarlett Johansson and turns into like a 
murder mystery, I believe. It's like it's pretty crazy. Um, I enjoyed it. It's been a while since I've seen it, so I don't really remember the details too well. But I do remember great performances and a, a great little thriller. So definitely worth checking out if you haven't seen it. Sweet. Yeah. Speaking of uh, bad movies, <laughs> Lucy. Alright, alright, alright. Yeah, God, I did not like that movie. And it actually got decent reviews and made decent movies. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. Like, I remember being like, how do people get suckered into this one? But <laughs> I mean, I'm happy for her. Like, it's not every day that a female led action movie makes that kind of money and stuff. So, I mean, that part's good. The, but yeah, yeah, yeah. The quality, not as much, in my opinion. Yeah. But my number four is The Prestige, a movie we reviewed on the Film Club segment last year. and uh, On my list. On my list. Yeah, it's a great movie. If, if you're interested in hearing what we have to say about it, check out our review. Just search for it on the redboxreport.com. Your number four? My number four is The Avengers. All right, the Part first one. one. Cool, cool. Yeah. That, I put the Avengers trilogy as an honorable mention overall because, I don't know, I couldn't distinguish. I didn't want to put Civil War, like, on this list so far up, so I was like... I'm yeah, I mean, for me, this list would have been better off of, like, five movies I want to see. <laughs> you could have played it that way. I guess I could have. I just thought about it, though. Now yeah. I'm looking at the IMDb. Like, <laughs> her. Yep. And, uh couple other ones. Yeah, don't go on. You might ruin my list. <laughs> <laughs> Number three for me is a sci-fi movie from a couple years ago that not too many people have seen. It's a weird-ass movie, but it's really, really good. You should check it out for sure. It's Under the Skin. Oh, really? Yeah, this is a movie where she plays a... It's never exactly laid out ex like plainly what is going on but she plays an alien who has taken the skin of Scarlett Johansson and seduces men brings them back to her place and then something weird happens where they're like she tricks them into walking through this black goo and she like takes their skin I guess and saves it for the alien race or whatever what is going on it's like it uh, almost sounds like species in a way, but a species bit. is yeah, well, yeah. brutal and <laughs> no, sexual. It can't be horror movie, but um, and then it goes in different places. But it's super good, and actually, it was filmed like <laughs> she actually went out and was seducing guys as far as the acting, and there was like hidden cameras and stuff. Yeah, in Ireland, which is pretty cool, and uh, for all the pervs out there. Or just go to Mr. Skin and search under the skin, <laughs> too. So, there's that. Your number three? My number three is... Hail Caesar. All right, all right. I liked her part in it, for sure. Typical yeah. Jersey girl. Yeah, yeah. It's It was a cool movie. It wasn't the best, but... Definitely worth the watch, just if you're remotely interested in that kind of thing. Yeah, and definitely check out our review. 
which was only like a few episodes Not ago. Not long ago. Yeah. yeah. So, my number two is a movie that surprised the hell out of me. It was definitely blew away my expectations. It's John Favreau's Chef. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just, what a delightful movie. Um, I don't know, it's like one of the most upbeat, happy, it's like weird, it's not dark, it's not gritty, it's not like, I don't know, it's just just a ton of fun uh, about a guy who gets fired from his like popular uppity chef job and then has to eventually figure out a way to to make it and he gets a food truck and takes his son and his friend out to become a successful food truck guy and uh, just an incredibly fun movie. Scarlett Johansson just plays like a really small role but the movie yeah. by itself is fantastic and I believe it's on Netflix Instant so easy to watch. Actually now that I think about it like I, I was really confused by her role because it, they do make her seem like she's some kind of main character and then yeah, moves away and yeah, pretty much. Exactly. That's the but, only uh, thing that uh, John Favreau's ex-wife was Sophia Vergara, and then he was like bagging. Oh my Scarlett god, Jarrett's her in this movie. Yeah, Sophia Vergara. That's the best she's ever looked. I think. Well, her in anything, but yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, she's gorgeous. But I, I didn't love this movie. Um, I understand why you like it. I think the fact that I work in the restaurant business. Maybe yeah. see it's, through the bullshit a little bit. Like, no, no one's going to be fucking this happy. Well, sure, sure. I can understand <laughs> that. But, like, even the food looked amazing. Like, he makes a grilled cheese for his kid at one point, and I'm like, oh, my God, I want to eat that grilled cheese. Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I did see in the making they had this pretty famous chef, like, sitting next to him, like, at all times when he was making the food. Yeah. And just being like, all right, this is what you have to do. And, and the grilled cheese thing is, in particular is what, Oh, really? He was, like, sitting there making for him. <laughs> I just thought it was, like, such a nice change of pace. And maybe if I rewatched it, I wouldn't love it as much. But I just thought it was a, fair, a great movie. No, I, I I totally understand why someone would like this movie, I think. I didn't dislike the movie either. It wasn't horrible, but yeah. I don't know what I expected from it. <laughs> exactly. So what is your number two? Um... Civil War. All right, all right. Well, rewind about 40 minutes if you want to hear our review of that. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah, I probably would have had it at number two if it wasn't for just, I was like, eh, maybe I'll kick this. Yeah. And, and my apologies, this is probably one of my worst lists, actually, which surprises me. But, oh well. Yeah, it's all good. Lists are for fun. I didn't watch Mojo. <laughs> yep, exactly. More Scar Joe. Yeah. My number one is Spike Jones's Her. One of the best 100 movies I've ever seen. Um, God, it's so freaking good. You have to watch this movie if you haven't seen it. Yeah, I, it's on my list. I just never, it just never pops up in my head when I'm trying to sit down and think of what I want to watch. Oh, definitely do it. I think it'll be like an inherent vice type thing for you. Oh, really? And I love Spike Jones. Yeah, and I thought she deserved an Oscar just for the voice of the AI or the OS. Um, Yeah, she's incredible. The movie's hilarious, yet at the same time deep and like, holy shit, how did Spike Jones make this like legitimately... 
possible sci-fi world and oh it's it, it, it gets better awesome. and better like i've seen it a couple of times now it definitely gets better and better the more you see it um might end up being one of my favorite movies of all time at some point but right now it's probably like top 75 what really intrigues me about this movie is the fact when this movie came out i remember hearing like people like i know maybe even like famous people talk about like like people you wouldn't think that would see this movie saying like this is incredible yeah i mean and i definitely i've heard from a couple people that didn't love it which i mean it's not for everybody but i think if you're listening to this podcast it's probably for you yeah (laughs) like i don't know i could go i want to go deeper into it but maybe i'll wait till after you see it one day down the line yeah people will do a thing for it yeah your number one the prestige the prestige Yep, hard to argue. I can't remember how I rated this movie. <laughs> Number because one? We watched, we watched both of those uh, like magician movies at the, pretty much the same time. Oh, we yeah. reviewed them. Yeah. I forget what the other one's called. Was it Now You See Me or No? That was... Um, no, no, not Now You See Me. I forget what... Anyway. Yeah, either way. <laughs> yeah, you can't go wrong with the prestige pretty darn good but uh let's get to what else we watched you got anything good sir um let's see i was watching like i was telling you before i started rewatching the um cowboy bebop was like digitally enhanced i guess for blu-ray nice and i've started watching that which is interesting it's is I believe it's one of the first animes that used this like three D, although it's not a major part of the show. It's just kind of when they're out in space and stuff. It they actually use three D animation, so that does that a whole lot more justice than it used to. Yeah, and uh, I've seen Cowboy Bebop a lot, and it's. The audio, I don't know. It, it's a, actually a different experience watching it. So I'm pretty excited about finishing that. Nice. And other than that, I've just been watching like odds and ends. Uh, oh, I watched a really good movie with uh, Chris Pine. Uh, Hell or High Casey Water? Affleck. Uh, it's like something honor. Or Hell or High Water? I don't think so. No, that's the one he just came out with the people were raving about. Oh, it's it's on Netflix now. It's about, oh. I guess it's Massachusetts or something in like the 50s. There's a bad snowstorm. The finest Hours. Finest Hours, yeah. I watched it. Two tankers split in half. It, it's all right. I don't like those type of, types of movies usually, but I thought they did really good with what, with telling the story and not making the action over, over the top for... And it's cool that it's a true story. So, I, I enjoyed it. I give it like a seven. Was, yeah, uh-huh. go ahead. Sorry. I I would give it like a six, six and a half. Uh, I thought it was just okay. Oh, yeah. I, I couldn't disagree with your score. I just, I was, 
one of those movies, I was just like, what's this? And then I ended up watching the whole thing, and I was like, that actually wasn't that bad. Yeah. At least... Because I really didn't like, like, The Perfect Storm, or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like disaster movies too much. It's definitely, like... Definitely worth watch if it's, like, on HBO or something, because, like, it does the whole time and place thing pretty well. It's got... I like how it has that little... Almost like a sepia turn to the whole thing. Uh, yeah. And just Chris Pine and Casey Affleck are fun to watch. They're definitely yeah, charismatic sure. in it. So Casey Affleck, I think I got like a soft spot for probably like oh, yeah. anything. Love that. Um, I like seeing Chris Pine in a role where like they kind of like say something in the beginning of the movie where he's very reserved and like kind of quiet, but like like one of his friends makes fun of him because he's like a really good looking guy or something like that. Like, in the beginning of the movie, he's going to go meet, I guess, the girl he's eventually going to marry. Yeah. And he's like, you've talked to this girl for two weeks, and she actually, like, likes you? He's like, yeah. He's like, well, you don't got to worry about your, like, your looks. <laughs> and I also liked how his wife was, like, not a person of her time. Yeah, yeah. That she was, was cool. she asked him to marry her, and he gets a lot of shit for all that. And, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's cool. Yeah, like yeah. Movies. I don't mean to show her. It's just like it was in one eye out the other, basically. It was a good uh, late night. I've never heard of this movie. Wow, that wasn't bad movie type deal. Yeah, and the stuff with the waves was pretty cool when those huge waves were coming. In. Yeah, it was a movie I just put on because like the kids are we're just in the living room. The kids are around, so I can't put on anything R-rated. So I just said, "Oh, this seems harmless." Put it on, and it was. Yeah. Alright, well, I watch a decent amount of stuff, but I'll just stick to TV on this episode. I'll save the movies for the next one. Alright. Let's see, what I got first here? The Night Of, I guess we should talk about that. Oh, yeah. The HBO series we talked about a couple episodes back has finally come to an end. And we were talking about how much we love this amazing show back four episodes in, and... Still enjoyed the heck out of it, the last four episodes, but definitely... It's definitely uh, a great show, but yeah. It kind of fell off towards the end, in my opinion. Like It peaked, the first four episodes were the peak, and then it's like the opposite of True Detective first season, where it was like a slow build in the first four episodes, and then the last four were like incredible. This was kind of the reverse for me. Yeah. See, I think we were talking about this one other time. For me, it was more the last episode. Yeah, I the other episodes I, I agree weren't quite as good as the others, but especially the second to last, the last episode like to me the last half of it doesn't really even have to exist. Yeah, just a lot of stuff that doesn't really make sense to like the uh, the girl attorney who is making out with him, giving him drugs. Oh, spoilers, but. And the way it resolves, like, I feel like you could have got the point across without being too much, like, hammering the nail right on the head. Yeah. And I would have um, liked to see more from that detective than, like, um, his, like, I thought that was a great character and they kind of forgot about him for a while and then, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm- Without giving too much, I mean, with the detective, you start getting the vibe that he did kind of do things the wrong way, and that he kind of doubts it, but he kind of 
is trying to get away from it. And, and I mean, I understand in, in one sense that life isn't all about putting bows on things at the end. Like, not everything always ends out so pretty. There's not always, like, a winner or loser yeah. and this and that. But the way they did it was they really dropped a lot of hints to a lot of different things and really didn't, any of it really didn't amount to anything. I mean, I guess it does, but it doesn't. Yeah. The particulars don't. The I guess the broader stroke it does. Mm-hmm. And, but, I mean, John Turturro is great. Um, I like the overall message that, like, you get wrongfully accused and you're proven innocent and still your whole life is completely fucked and you're changed. Jail changes you. But it just happened so rapidly. It was, like, not exactly believable. Yeah. And at the same time, I don't know if I'd want this to even be like two more episodes longer because yeah. it it seemed like they were having a hard time towards the end with yeah. what they had. But uh, the, the acting across all everybody does an amazing job. Um, the, even the direction and the score and whatnot are very good, especially in the first half of the series. But, uh, I don't know. I guess for how amazing it was, it, it kind of deflated you a little bit towards the end. There. Yeah, definitely. Yep, still a great show, but probably not my favorite show of the year, which I thought it might be at some point. So, yeah, I think really what it ended up doing was too much. Yeah, I agree. I finished Orange is the New Black. Oh, cool. Yeah, season four. And I thought it was probably one of the better seasons. A complete rebound. I talked about it a little bit before, but finished it and uh, loved the finale. Pretty crazy. Like, this used to be comedy first with some drama. I don't see how they can be that anymore after the way this season ended. Definitely wow. very dramatic and, like, hard to see it going back to being, like, a silly comedy from this. But still loved it. So it was probably my second favorite season behind the second season. Uh but first, second, and fourth seasons were all great. Third season was just okay. Let's I can't see. remember where I am in the show. It's a definitely I, good show. Like, I'm pretty sure I've watched the whole second season. I may have started the third. But it's been a while. Yeah, it's it's a weird show, but I definitely enjoy it. You kind of have to be in a certain mood to really get into it. Oh, no, yeah. I like the show, but that's kind of... I have to be in the mood to watch it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I, I have uh, watched Miss of Narcos. I'm not ready to give a review on it. Season two? Yeah. I I like season two so much that I finished episode nine about like a week and a half ago. And I don't have the heart Is to watch a, the last episode okay. yet. See, I'm like, I watched the first episode of season two and I'm like, I don't, I like the first season so much, but I guess I might have to rewatch the first episode again or just kind of power I, I would say just get past the first episode okay. because it at just, first I was like I didn't like the direction everything was going but the second season is actually a better season. Really? Cool. Because I, mean, I, I don't know if you remember the first season I said they really like breeze by a lot. Yeah. Of Pablo's like rain and stuff. I mean they go a decade pretty much in the first season, in the 
second season can't be more than a year's time. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I, I know a lot about the subject, so nothing's like spoil, spoiling to me and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, for sure. And I heard it's already been renewed for season three. And four. Oh, really cool. Uh, but I don't know, just last season, like, it really built to a great pace. And then this first episode of season two was like to back down to a crawl. And I'm like, man, I want to get it back into this like right away. And it's, I'm having a hard time for some reason. But I, that's good to know. I'm glad to hear that, you know, I'll just keep going and, and it'll be good. It'll be worth it. Yeah, for sure. Hey, interesting fact. I was, saw a, a thing on, it was actually a high times, uh, interview, but it was the guy, George Young from blow. Mm-hmm. His partner, like the guy they share in the movie, the Colombian guy, is Carlos Later or whatever in real life, and he's in Narcos. He's the guy in the first season at the radio station saying that cocaine's the nuclear bomb that he's going to drop on America, and his two idols are Adolf Hitler and John Lennon. Jesus Christ! <laughs> and he ends up being the guy that. Is I guess spoilers for season one. He's the one that gets extradited to the United States. I'm trying to remember, but I think yeah. I know who you're talking about. But uh, George Young was talking about when that happened, he was going to roll on everyone, and George Young got in trouble for something little. So Pablo told him to rat on him, like gave him permission, and that's how he stayed out of jail for a long time. Like in the second half of Blow, like after he's out of the game kind of and gets back in. That's why. <laughs> so I thought that was really cool. I guess they'd never use him because he's probably owns the rights to his story or something like that. But Yeah, and I wonder what they're going to do with the next two seasons because obviously Pablo's going to die. Uh, Kali Cartel. So the guys that are up against Pablo. Oh, okay. Which, that if you watch more season two, that really starts like playing like Los Pepe's, which is like a historical thing. It was just, it was uh, essentially military people and people from the drug industry all band together and were like, we're not going to sell coke until Pablo's dead. Gotcha. Huh. So you definitely think it'll be like worth watching in the future? Absolutely. I, th- I think, I'll, I'll probably rewatch them all because I was watching them with one of my friends the first season. But I think season two is going to end up being better. All right, cool. All right, well, there's two new shows on FX that premiered last week, and I watched them both. First one is Atlanta with Donald Glover, and um, I think that's the only like main guy. Have you, did you watch this? I didn't see it. I'm a little iffy on him. I don't like dislike him, but well, he's definitely not being a guy from Community here. Um, you gotta watch the show. Really? Yeah, you. I think you would really like it. Uh, I'm definitely digging it. It's a show about these three uh, young black guys in Atlanta, obviously, <laughs> in like, the rap game, and just basically it's half an hour like comedy drama following their lives, and uh, it's pretty darn good. <laughs> I, I think you would like it a lot. Uh, this third episode, which I just watched before we started recording, was definitely my favorite so far. Very well done. I, I don't know. It's just it's a weird show. It's like something that you're not used to seeing on cable television, and that's kind of why I like it because it's like different perspective, different 
different. Just it's not the same old thing you're getting over and over again. And that's cool. <laughs> it's a uh, it's an interesting place to have a show about because Atlanta is kind of the Nashville of rap. Oh really? Yeah, it's like there are rappers you've never heard of in your life that are huge in Atlanta and make a more money than the average entertainer. Yeah. Like pretty much if you I think what they said if you can get your song played in a strip club there you can go like be on the Billboard 50 <laughs> or Billboard 100 whatever it yeah. is. It's just so my favorite character on the show is this guy this rapper his uh, it's uh, Donald Glover's friends Paperboy. <laughs> Paperboy <laughs> it's like uh, <laughs> Uh, so a cop, he's in jail, and a cop was like, "Paper man." He's like, "It's paper boy." <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. He's just a really funny character and uh, great show. I think it's gonna be one of my favorites by the end of the year if it keeps up. If it keeps getting better the way it is. He's, I'm already seeing him making a show about like Chicago about something similar. Yeah. The the joke in Chicago is county jail is summer the summer jam, like because <laughs> so many rappers go to jail there. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably the spot. Uh, yeah, another show is Better Things, which is basically like Louis, the show Louis. But he's he directed the at least the first episode, and he's like a producer on it. But it's uh, Pamela Adlon is the main character, so it's like Louis through a female view with her life, and she is a single mom of three girls, three daughters, and it basically follows her parenting. As well as her like acting career, and she does voice acting. It's almost like semi autobiographical. Well, that's not how you say that. <laughs> autobiographical. Oh, I'm tired. <laughs> and uh, that show is good as well. It's very good as well. Uh, funny, but yet has its serious moments, and it's well made and looks good. And I'm going to keep watching that at the same time. Cool. And. Let's see. I started. We, me and my wife started watching Shameless. Heard so. Oh, yeah. Heard so many great things about it. She's all in, but you, you got to stick with it a little bit. It's one of those shows. Uh, maybe a bad example, but like Always Sunny. Yep, I was like, going to. I can say. see why people don't like Always Sunny, but like if you get an attachment to the characters a little bit, you're a little more like, you know, like people are like a Charlie guy. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sort of has that going for it. Are you a lip guy? What are you? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I'm not that type of fandom. <laughs> yeah. I guess if I'm anyone, I'm fan of uh, Emmy Rossum. Well, yeah, the main. sure, <laughs> sure thing. But yeah. Um, oh, the girl who plays uh, V is uh, pretty gorgeous too. Yeah. Yep. Her, and I, I love. Uh, I don't know what his name is. Uh, he plays Kevin. Kev. Yeah. I always saw I, I my mom used to watch Reba and he is in that show. Really? I always thought he was the saving grace of that show. He was so funny. Yeah. Like all right, here's the thing. I like Shameless. I'm liking it. We're like 11 episodes into the first season. I'm just disappointed because I heard so many like ridiculously great things like best show, oh my god, funniest show I've ever seen in my life. Like to me it's not that. I have a lot of issues with it, but I do like the characters a lot. Yeah, I don't. I think that's the type of show it is too. You just kind of start rooting for the Gallagher's a little bit. Yeah. For even they're better, worse, and 
it's, it's a little weird and zany sometimes, but in the later seasons, it's because that was my biggest gripe was like this. Shameless really reminds me of some of the years living at my mom's. Yeah, like it was very similar. But I could see so that. The, you only really remember the the fun parts. You know what I mean? Yeah. So my gripe with the show was they deal with a lot. There's not much heaviness to it. Like, yeah. It starts compounding a little bit I mean, in their decisions and whatnot. Yeah. To me, like, I wish it was a half an hour each episode and not an hour. Yeah. Um, it feels like, I mean, there are definitely hilarious parts in the show. I think it's funny. I like the characters. I love that there's a character named Liam Gallagher as an Oasis fan. Yeah. Um, it is originally a British show. Yeah, yeah. I definitely remember that, reading about that. Uh, it's just, I don't know. To me, it seems like it's it's trying to be always sunny, but then it's also trying to be a, an hour-long drama where you're supposed to care about the characters. But the characters are so unlikable. When it's a half-an-hour comedy, you just go with it. But when it's like an hour-long drama with un- everyone being so unlikable, it's harder to buy in. Yeah, it's it, you got to go into it a little less serious. It's, it's getting sort better. Got to be your guilty pleasure. Yeah. If you look at it that way, it's a superbly made show. But what the overall arc ends up being is you have to eventually. They're all family, even though everything's all fucked up. And it's sort of like, even though maybe he's not doing the right thing, like. You sort of respect the fact that they're my family. I got to help them out, and yeah. it starts getting a little crazier. Things start getting more, a little more dire, and it's a little bit more. There's still it's still funny, but I don't know. It's hard to explain. Yeah, I, I, it's been a little while since I've been watching the show as well. I haven't been following it. The like, more like we're up to episode eleven, so the more I'm watching, the more I'm liking it. So I can definitely see how like. I could probably love it by, like, season three or four or something like that. But to me, like, the the character I have the biggest issue I go back and forth with the most is Frank. He's, yeah. he's the funniest character a lot of the times. But he's also, like, I don't buy a lot of the stuff that goes on with him at the same time. Yeah, he he's the biggest part of how the show kind of develops and changes because he is kind of a selfish bastard. But what you start finding is like lip is the smart one. Yeah. You start realizing that Frank is actually maybe a genius, maybe too smart for his own good. Yeah. But he's too stupid to actually like act on Like, I don't like there's one episode where, he ends up being a national symbol for gay rights because he was like trying to like work, get a bar tab or I don't know. He just, he's one of those people that is outraged to be outraged sometimes, but it's only benefits him. (laughs) And it, it becomes about him being manipulative. And even when he like lets you down, you realize he almost does it on purpose. And I don't know, like the drinking thing becomes more serious, and then there's yeah. episodes it's not. Like, like there's one episode that he goes into a coma because of his drinking. 
Mm. And they wake him up and they're like, I've never seen, you were in a coma for three days. And he says, like, oh, that ain't nothing. Back in 94, I was out for six. Yeah, I thought, see, I thought, I thought that was one of the episodes I saw. I feel like, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I like how in the last episode I watched, he's putting more effort into not getting a job, like getting a workman's comp, than it would be to just get the freaking job. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, it's a good show. I'm just waiting for it to be great. It hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have, like, high hopes that it's going to, like... I think also this show was, like, a good show for its time because when Shameless kind of first came out, it was when sort of, like, Game of Thrones first started. Yeah, it so lines up. it was, like, either super serious drama or, like, always sunny, zany, random family yeah. guy type humor so it's kind of in the middle if you put it in that perspective but. gotcha yeah I'm gonna keep watching yeah so I guess the last thing I could say is that Ultimate Fighter season 24 started and uh, the show is so tired in general and it's boring and I usually just watch the first couple episodes and then the finale but this season, I'm, I like what they're doing. It's kind of bullshit on like a uh, merit-based thing. But the season is there's a the champion of the flyweight men's flyweight division is Demetrius Johnson, and he's never lost. He won the title. He's never lost. He's like wiped out the entire division. So what they're doing on this season is they're having 16 fighters that are all champions from other organizations come in to do a tournament against each other to see the winner of the season, the winner of the tournament, will face Demetrius Johnson in a championship fight on the finale. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, like, it's ridiculous because you're going to take, I don't know, like, there are plenty of more deserving people, but it's still... Yeah, like, for the sake of TV. Yeah, for the sake of TV, like, it definitely is a nice little boost because... Yeah, some of these champions might, like, these smaller organizations, obviously they're not facing as tough a competition, but it's still cool, like, it's all champions, all 16, and maybe one of them is actually legitimately, like, great and could pose a threat. Um, so it's been fun to watch. It's only been, like, three or four episodes, but um, it's been cool I wonder to see it develop. And it's like a tournament instead of just... I wonder if they made this season knowing that they were going to sell yeah, the UFC to a company. Yeah. You know, I, but yeah, I don't think whoever wins is going to have a shot of it against Demetrius Johnson because he's like the best pound for pound fighter in the sport. But listen to yeah. the Red Belt Report for more details. But, uh, but yeah, the thing that's been interesting to me is that um, the obviously the UFC just sold for $4 billion and. Now, I think at the end of next year is the end of their Fox TV deal. And they're going to get a humongous TV deal when that ends. Because the sport has grown so much. Yeah, if they're getting their NFL money. Obviously not that big. But <laughs> compared to what they got for the Fox deal, I think their ESPN is going to grab them up. And I can Im imagine the sport just... Like, that could help both, I think, because the sport would grow even faster if it's on ESPN all the time. Yeah, there's definitely a and level ESPN, of legitimacy. ESPN is losing subscribers, losing a lot. 
like they're going downhill kind of quickly. It's just that they started up so high that it's going to take a while to get there. So I think and another another niche growing sport could like really help them as well. Yeah, I th- I've noticed ESPN's been doing that. I just read something today that they're funding drone racing. Oh, really? Which is a really, it, believe it or not, this is one of the sports you've never heard of, but it's actually got huge numbers behind it. Huh. Um, they, I mean, they've been showing uh, eSports on ESPN yeah, every so that. often. Yep, saw that. Which people aren't happy about, but they're like, if there's viewership, then... Yeah, you, they got to try stuff, because like, that's the only channel that makes sense to me as far as the UFC's next TV deal, because... If a network buys it, just like Fox, they're going to throw it on their, like, FS1 where they have no viewership. So it's like... Yeah. And it's kind of a shame because as much as you can hate on ESPN sometimes, they're great. Their production quality is amazing. Like, I really realized that they had the Copa America in the U.S. this year, and it was like Fox, and the coverage is horrible. I, I don't mind the Fox. I don't mind the other channels too much. But no, I don't just, either. They def, there's definitely something to ESPN. They know how to put on presentation wise an event and and just yeah. the amount of numbers of people watching it. Like no, a lot of people, ESPN is just their screensaver in the back. Like for me, for the longest time, that's what it was. Yeah. So just having that, like no one's putting Fox Sports One on as their screensaver. You got to actually search that out. Like I don't mind the channel, but. Um, yeah, I think it would be a boon. Yeah, I really hope they get back to their roots a little bit. I really got tired of the talk radio Yeah, format know. on everything that it's they had. It's all, like, hot take, talking head, just say something ridiculous to make people mad. That's, that's all it is. Yeah, and just don't stop repeating it. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, gets, so. that's, I mean, that's really turned me off from the NFL. As much as oh I like God. football, I, can't. Just, I hate listening. I can't. About <laughs> I'll watch everything the games. but the sport. I'll watch the Red Zone channel. Like I'll watch the highlights or watch the games. But, yeah, I can't deal with the, the analysis in between. I have a couple podcasts that will talk about it in a reasonable way, and I'll enjoy that. But definitely not the TV stuff. Yeah. Or totally the radio. Agree. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I got for this episode. Got anything else? Nah, I'm good on this one. All right. Well, you know what to do. Email the podcast, the Red Box Report at yahoo.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the Red Box Report. Follow me on Twitter at the Oriole Report. I'm on Twitter at Red Box Reporter. Like us on Facebook, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on iTunes. Find us pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening.